0: I'm sorry, folks, but I've been harping on it and harping on it. But this is another passage uh, from Hal Weitzman's book, What's the Matter with Delaware? Uh, This is from Chapter 4, entitled, Delaware Has Our Money. Let's return to Rehoboth Beach, the seaside resort in southern Delaware where Jack Abramoff and Michael Scanlon set up a fake think tank to fleece Native American tribes. The town, which styles itself as, quote, the nation's summer capital, has a permanent population of just 1,400 residents, but that swells to many tens of thousands in the summer months. Most over Hoboth Beach's property owners do not live there. About 80% of the town's property are owned by non-residents. A key attraction is the very low property taxes in Sussex County, about 0.27% of the property's market value on average. Editors note. Since this book has been published, we are going to be doing reassessments in the state, and Medina and other people are trying to make that a more regular thing. Now, will this number change from the value to the amount of real estate taxes paid? <laughs> yet to be determined. Perhaps the resort's most famous non-resident is President Biden. The Bidens bought a $2.7 million six-bedroom o- oceanfront house in Rehoboth Beach in 2017 after visiting the town for decades. The community briefly reappeared in the news when President Biden returned there, as he did in November of 2020 and in June of 2021. The same year that the Bidens bought their home, Rehoboth Beach's political leaders came up with an innovative proposal to allow LLCs to vote in elections. Under the U.S. Constitution, companies are considered people, at least when it comes to spending money in elections and refusing to observe federal mandates due to conscience. Corporations are people, my friend. The U.S. Senator and failed 2012 presidential candidate Mitt Romney famously told a heckler in Iowa who was haranguing him about corporate tax policy. Rehoboth Beach was the first town in the United States to try to extend that concept into political voting. Delaware is already one of the few states to allow non-U.S. citizens the right to vote in local races. Much in the same way that Delaware does its best to draw business registrations from out of state, it is also at pains to attract non-resident property voters and, And an unusual law empowers cities and towns to give these out-of-staters, including those outside the United States, the opportunity to vote in local races. According to state law, once a municipality does so, it cannot reverse its decision. In Newark, Delaware, Delaware's third biggest city, a similar rule allowed one property manager to vote 31 times in a local referendum in 2018, one for each of the LLCs their company owned. Although the circumstances were unusual, such referendums are rare, and the city does not allow LLCs to vote in regular elections, it prompted a backlash from local residents. Quote, I just think it's fundamentally undemocratic, Newark Councilwoman Jen Wallace told the News Journal. It should be one person, one vote. Comrades and friends, hello. Uh, I'm in the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines, in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. Carl is on assignment tonight. And our guest uh, is someone who knows all about um, the shadow of Rockford Tower, knows all about the Delaware Way Beast, uh, is uh, journalist Paul Blest. He is a reporter and a researcher for More Perfect Union U.S. Paul, hello. How are you? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's good to see you and, and speak with you. As I said uh, over the last few weeks, as the as the general assembly was chugging along, boy, you really, you really, you really got out of here. This is a this is a big mess we have. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's not like North Carolina's uh, politics are any more functional, but yeah, this is this is a this is a wild thing to 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 see going on uh, from down here.
0: So how, how did you get, um, I mean, obviously you, you have contacts here and you're sort of turned on to the, the political scene here in some fashion, but how, how did you get turned on to this? Who, who, who tipped you off and, and how did it get, uh, I think you might have been one of the first or the first to give it some national coverage. It was also covered in Jacobin and other places. Um, how, 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 did you, uh, how did you get the tip and did anybody look at you and say, hey, you're from Delaware, what the hell is this?
1: Yeah, I so a colleague of mine uh just just dropped it in Slack one day um that, that Seaford was considering doing this, and at that point it hadn't received a house vote yet. Um they hadn't really even scheduled it for a vote, and I it just immediately caught my eye. I mean it it seemed fake, honestly, like from the from the time I saw it. I mean I lived in Delaware for the first twenty three years of my life. I I still do follow follow the politics to some extent, you know, not to any, you know extreme extent but you know i i i had never heard of anything like this happening um and then you know i reading through all, all the good coverage that delaware online and the news journal and um the delaware state news and, and all the local outlets were doing on it um i you know found out that it, it was already happening in henlopen acres and fenwick island um and it's just a yeah it, it, it it's wild i mean i i did not think that this was legal in any any real way and then you know going back and looking through some of the the charters for dagsboro you know they've been doing this since 1991 at least um you know it's it's it it was it was just a crazy thing and you know seeing seaford you know knowing that you know the mayor has pushed some right to work stuff and and extremely anti-abortion stuff you know it it just kind of caught my eye and that's why i started following it
0: yeah, I was surprised, and, and I had seen the Newark story before, and I knew it was a thing that was done, um, but I didn't know until, actually, Bill said it uh, in our episode, I think, last week or two weeks ago, that um, this this was done in at least 17 other places, you guys found out, just from doing sort of a call about Um you know, what, what kind of res- – were, were you just doing it via email? What, what kind of responses were you getting? Were are like, oh, yeah, we definitely do this? Um, you know, you, you must have called every every small town uh, in, in, in Kent and Sussex probably. So I, I started calling a bunch.
1: It was like maybe a day before the, the vote took place the first time. I, I just started calling every municipality in Delaware that I could find on the, the list of places that had charters. But we had also gotten a document uh, – we we obtained a document that was basically a poll that this lobbyist had sent out to uh, to every every town in the state. And then, you know, less than 24 hours later, they had like 27 responses. um, And, you know, it was basically like, you know, can residents vote in, in your election? Can non-residents vote? And then can corporations, LLCs and trusts vote in at least some elections? And it was like over a dozen. They could do that. Um, You know, some of those elections are, you know, referendums and bond referendums and stuff like that. But, yeah, in Dagsboro, in at least three places, uh, they have full voting rights. Um, You know, if you live in another another town, uh, you know, I I don't even know if you have to live in the state of Delaware. Um, If you're representing a corporation or an LLC and you're voting as a trustee, you can cast a ballot in those elections. Um, and then, you know, looking at what Seaford was trying to do, you know, there was a city council meeting where they they approved this and one of the city councilors asked the city's lawyer, you know, can a can a church vote? Can a nonprofit vote? And they were they were like, Yeah, no, they can vote. So it's yeah, I mean that, that was also an, another mind blowing piece of this. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know that churches could vote. It just doesn't seem like it should be
0: legal, but yeah. Yeah, and and it, it, there there's a lot of legalities that we haven't really picked through. Um, I I think that I don't know if they're that important. Um, like I know one of the good things about this, and I, I read the How Weitzman passage, you know, coming into this, was um, that at the the legislat the, the the Republicans in the legislature in arguing for this and 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 sort of trying to figure out how they were going to try to pass this charter change. Um, basically said you know we're going to make sure that the it's LLCs and you have to say who you are because you know normally you don't or like trust for example some people include trust in the LLCs and you definitely don't have to say who owns it um you know do you you know if you have and in the Newark example from several years ago if you have several you know no you can only do it once if you own as many businesses so they're they're already they're sort of back you know they they understand what the issue is they just have an ideology that that says um, you know, we need to support our power base in a particular way, and this is a good way to do it. You, you did, uh, I think, a great work at More Perfect Union to say, like, yeah, in these elections, literally several hundred people vote. Um, so if you la- allow even, you know, a hundred sort of entities, non-resident entities, to vote, that's that's going to be a very, very significant piece of the of the of the political issue that's happening. Yeah yeah
1: and and I mean, part of the, part of the other thing that makes this so complicated is that Seaford is uh, their elections are held in in April of an off year. So I mean, you know, there are more more than eight, thousand people live in that town. and three hundred and forty people, I think it was that that Meredith Newman reported um voted in that last election. and then it's like two two hundred and thirty four LLCs. So you know, if if the LLCs are can be politically organized, which I think it would be. Easy if like the Chamber of Commerce of that town, if there is a Chamber of Commerce in Seaford or Sussex, Sussex County, wanted to try to wield some some consolidated power, they could in, in an election like that, um, where you're going to have like you know five percent turnout as it is, you know they can throw that right there if if every LLC voted, that would be like forty percent of the total. Um, so that's that's an election swaying. Uh, yeah, that's that that's something that can sway an, an entire election.
0: Yeah, and I also want to focus on the way that it's framed. So here's how sort of reactionary, business-friendly, what we would call sort of like um, small-town, landowner, bourgeois are going to frame this. This is uh, Genshaw. This is the the mayor who pushed this through the city council in in Seaford, said this to uh, Delaware Public Media. When we talk about giving a corporation a vote, it can sound like we're talking about people who wear suits in their skyscraper offices coming down to influence an election in Seaford. But the reality is that we're talking about local people who have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in our town, who have an interest in decisions that affect their businesses. Now, this is uh, pretty. This is razzle dazzle. This is what we call razzle dazzle. Um, the 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 the. The people in Seaford and in Sussex County who are going to get most impacted by a reactionary, sort of business-friendly, corporatist, um, political power in a particular place are going to get the pressure from these exact people. Now, they might have a bank loan, and so big, you know, hoity-toity bankers in New York or Wilmington or somewhere might have some sort of pressure on them. But the kind of people he's talking about are exactly the kind of people. Who are keeping wages down? Who are keeping you know keeping people underfoot in Seaford? So that's a very very um, it, I, I just found that quote that defense of it very very interesting from the from the mayor of Seaford.
1: Yeah the the most interesting. I mean I, I think this all this whole issue also gets at the root of of what makes the Delaware way the Delaware way. Um, you know it's the the whole thing runs on you know there they are not being any real objection to this because this is just the way things are done a, ch- a charter change is is drafted by the city of seaford like i i emailed uh danny shorts legislative aide and they I, I said you know does he have any comment on on why he's doing this like was he was he pushed to do this in any way like it, like is, has he gotten you know a, a bunch of his constituents writing in and saying you know Or do you can can we do this? And he the legislative emailed me back and said, you know, he this is not something that he drafted. If you have any questions about this, like you should ask the Seaford City Council. But also, like, this is already happening in like over 10 towns of Delaware, and this is like the first time that this is any ever getting any attention at all. And the reason it's not getting any attention at all is because when you approve a charter change, like which charter changes are can can be very innocuous but like this is a different sort of animal i mean you're giving corporations you're giving llcs you're giving businesses and not people the right to vote um you're giving people who don't live in the town who who just own a business in the town like they don't they aren't homeowners they aren't renters they you know they're they're voting as as a business essentially um and i think that's that's what took this whole thing into you know where it, it was it was holding up the budget because the Republicans were like, this is the way things are done. And you're you're like scratching away at the things that, that are the way that we've always done these things. Um, and I think that that argument held a lot of sway with with the Democratic leadership. Um, but I think, you know, there's also a, an incentive there that's beyond like just the process. I think the Republicans have have lost a lot of power in in, in the state of Delaware. I mean, it's the party is a shell of what it used to be. Um, when mike castle was governor and 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 so on but like it's you know now now they have they they need to hold on to like sort of like the fiefdoms that they've built and i think that this is part of part and parcel of that um you know they're this is a way for them to keep control
0: at least at the local level in some way yeah i mean there, there's a there's a there's a couple things i want to touch on one is just to just to continue the the thread of this sort of the ideology behind this in that like the local landowner or the you know the gentry who may live out, out away but has a you know has a, a plantation interest we'll call it it's it's the same concept you know it's it's somehow that you know being a being having a a financial interest somewhere um, gives you just as much right as somebody who's who's living there. And people really need to sort of look at it that way, I think. I think it's incredibly sort of sort of important. Um, but the, the other the other issue you talked about that has come up now is this idea of the rubber stamp. There's a lot of different issues that I think are are starting to bubble up that certain members of the general Assembly at least are are, are sort of standing up and saying like, are, are, are we to just rubber stamp all of this? Like, are we, uh, you, you know, it's one thing to say that you defer to sort of local um, local representation, but is that what we're really doing? Are, are we to have, like, sort of no oversight in this whatsoever? Um I, I think that's coming to the to the fore as well. Have, have you talked to any sort of legislators or aides who have sort of mentioned this sort of concept just in in general to you about sort of not not digging it? Uh, you, you mean in, in terms of not The idea of the idea of just being a rubber stamp, yeah, the idea of that we have no we, we can't argue this. there's there's really no debate. we're We're deferring our power to sort of uh, some ideology that we're not, we're not down with and we think it's undemocratic.
1: Not specifically like the more ideological component of that. But I think, you know, this, this also was just sort of something that shocked the conscience. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that, that the, the now former house speaker said during uh, the meeting where they, they approved this and and sent it to the, the whole house floor was that, you know, I, I, I don't really like this idea, but, you know, we need to leave it up to the town's voters to to decide whether or not, you know, if they're they're getting angry about this, like they can just vote these people out again. And it's like, well, if this is the case, like, no, they actually can I mean, you you have an election that's almost by design to have the least amount of people vote. And now you're throwing in hundreds of more voters who have an incentive to keep the people who, who are now giving them voting rights uh, as businesses in office. And so, you know, it, it can rig elections in that way, you know, at least in theory, you know, who knows how this would work in practice if, like, all these LLCs would even bother to cast a ballot or, like, if they, you know, who who knows how it would work in practice. But, I mean, at least in theory, like we said, you know, you can, you can sway an election and, where only a couple hundred people are voting anyway, and you have a couple hundred LLCs. I mean, yeah. And I think that's that's sort of the thing that that drove this up the first time. I don't know, you know, if there are other issues uh that that maybe I mean, I, I obviously there's there's the um the the corporate law changes that I'm sure we're gonna talk about, but uh you know, there's I think the you know, at least when it comes to the charters, I mean, this is really the only thing that I I heard of. This is the only real problem that I think has has ever really come up. Is you know this concept of people voting. I mean, otherwise, Delaware does have a very strong home rule statute where they they allow these these cities and towns to sort of you know direct where they what they want to do. Um, and you know, it, it, it's not always a bad thing. I mean, look at what's happening in Texas and Florida right now. I mean, they're basically banning cities and towns from uh from passing worker protections i mean there's uh, a a law in in Houston and in, in San Antonio where wor- uh, workers have to have water breaks and now workers don't have to have water breaks anymore and a utility worker died like almost immediately like i mean it's it's sort of insane to to s-
0: that that's happening but yeah this is this is the other way that it can work yeah and unfortunately um Delaware as you know being a sort of unique case in this sense, um, you know, because it's small, uh, because it really depends on, you know, this corporate franchise, you know, you, you take, you know, something that can happen, you know, in a larger state in Texas in, in California and Florida, where a large city uh, has a lot of political sway. Uh, the, the same shitty democrat corporate democrats run wilmington as as run you know anywhere else now you know seaford some of the kent and sussex mayors and, and councils and, and and county councils are particularly like sort of right to work reactionary where like say say the newcastle county council is generally a little more sort of you know moderate liberal on the on, on stuff like that but they're still you know garbage you know, there's nobody, nobody on a, nobody on a small bay. I mean, the the mayor of Wilmington's Mike Perzicki is, a, 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 you know, a, a real estate, corporate real estate developer. And, and the, and the city council is, you know, is basically paralyzed. You know, this, it's, it's, the, the Wilmington's run by the executive branch, which is a, a real estate corporate enterprise. And so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely arguments to be made for home rule and allowing, you know, local democratic decisions Um, But we have to be very careful about how we yeah, how how we uh, sort of describe those decisions, whether they be democratic or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this and that's what I think gets the root of all this. I I mean, I think if it had been any other thing, I mean, there there were a bunch of other charter changes approved in in this session that had to do with other towns and cities. I'm pretty sure at least um and and those just skated through i mean it was just this this idea that we're going to give businesses more voting rights and i think the other thing is that you know hemlock acres and and fenwick island uh and dagsboro they're they're smaller municipalities seaford's the biggest town in, in sussex county as far as i know or at least the biggest municipality there or one of the bigger i think ones.
0: It's, it's either that or georgetown so we'll yeah
1: know. yeah it's so i mean this is like you know one of the top the the largest 10 municipalities in the state i mean it's I, I think it's just as a bigger, a bigger impact. I mean, you know, it's just not, it's not a good thing to to give businesses the the right to vote in, in a, in a town or a city. And I think, you know, maybe in some of the smaller towns, like the elections are just flying under the radar. Maybe, I mean, it was maybe a different time. I mean, Dagsboro, like I, I'm looking at the charter change right now and it's July 9th, 1991, they approved this. So this is like the Castle administration. Um, you know, and I'm not sure how many people are, are voting in taxpayer elections, but at some of the places that I called when I was checking around, um, I, I think I called Cheswold, and I I was like, you know, do, can businesses and corporations LLCs vote in in your elections? And the lady laughed and said, we haven't had an election in nine years. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I was like, so I guess nobody is voting in these elections. It's just like, I guess like people aren't getting involved or, you know, maybe they're just happy with the job that we're doing. And I was like, okay, and that's fair enough.
0: Yeah. I, I think a lot of those places. And, and again, I'm not telling you something you don't know. Um, you know, my, my, um, my wife and her family are from the Eastern shore. So we do a lot of driving through uh, both central and Western Sussex, um, that part of Maryland and all of that, you know, some of those towns are quite small. And yeah, I'm the people there are just they're in, if they're there, they're interested in just sort of either being there or they're, the last thing on their mind is like how the politics of the town run. Um, because yeah, it's again, it's sort of like the burnout. I, they, those towns are, um, you know, there's a, there's an independent journalist in Greenwood, Andrew Sharp. He tried to start sort of an independent journalism thing, just like in Western Sussex, because it really wasn't covered because it's not. Um, And of course it didn't, it, it, it didn't work. Um, He was an ex news journal reporter. He tried to do sort of, I think it was called, it was called the Delaware independent and it was like Western Sussex. So it covered stuff like the Cape Gazette wouldn't cover because there's really no, there's no real news out there. But again, the people just aren't, they're not engaged in that way. And so, yeah, a lot of small places just, just are not, you know, they're not engaged like that. Yeah, I do think the rubber stamp issue um, is something that we can press on because I think even the there are even people who I wouldn't consider our sort of our comrades and friends that kind of get a bug up their ass about this. Um, And you mentioned the the corporate law changes. Um, There was a there was a there was a big sort of written in obvious loophole that the Corporation Law Council passed in the c- code changes to the legislature. Um, but it was really sort of esoteric, and you kind of had to pay attention to see what it was. And um, people were just happened to be paying attention now to that kind of stuff for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it became sort of an issue where it made sense. An amendment could come to the floor and get a vote which is pretty much unprecedented. And, uh, you know, it got, I think, 10 votes. Um, I think the Corporate Law Council has now sort of agreed to, at least in theory, become a little more transparent because they got called out. Um, So I'm hoping that stuff like this is just a sort of a stepping stone into more sort of fights on more of these esoteric issues that people don't get excited about, but they really are pillars of the Delaware way. These institutional things are some of the most important pieces to how this all, how this corporate state operates, you know? So I was, I was happy to see it get a lot of, get a lot of national coverage.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it was, I mean, it was great to see that other outlets pick this up. I mean, Obviously, the people who uh, have been reporting on this for the last couple months—I mean, I, I think there was um, a report for Delaware Public Media who said that he was had been there, like at this city council meeting when it when it first happened. And yeah, it was—I mean, I I, I kind of just got lucky that a colleague tipped me off that this was happening. I don't even know if the colleague knew that I was from Delaware, but yeah, it was it was immediately something that was fascinating to me. I mean, there was just not. I mean, I, I, was, I was trying to look and see if there was any other states that do anything like this. And there are some states that allow um, non-resident property, or property owners to vote. I think Connecticut and New Mexico uh, both do. But nothing like, you know, a, a trustee of an LLC or corporation corporation um, being allowed to cast a ballot on behalf of that corporation. Just um an that,
0: entity, you know, not even, just like uh, an like, entity, not even uh, a real property, you
1: know. Right, exactly. Like, it's just a... Just an artificial. I mean, it literally, like in some of the um, some of these charters, it says artificial entities uh, like have the right to vote, which is just. I mean, there's there's like a level of self awareness at least in like the legislative language that this is not really in any way constitutional, and you know maybe it comes up in the future if this go goes beyond you know Seaford if if this it somehow gets uh, you know ushered through in, in the next couple of sessions. I mean. Who knows what's going to happen in the next six months? I mean, there's no I, I had no real like I, I didn't think that it was going to pass the house, at least. I mean, at least uh, until, like, you know, the the night before when it, when it seemed like, oh, this might be brought back up. So, you know, who knows what will happen? I mean, I, I think also, yeah, it, it's it, I think it just really, really put a spotlight on this whole situation in a way that a lot of people who who run the state or at least you know run Seaford and and the Republican Party and even the leadership uh, in the house uh, didn't necessarily want
0: Yeah I mean let's let me let me let's try to be as clear as we can because I'm gonna make a comment on this. I'm, I don't want to get too bogged down with it but but um, but yeah so well before we get to the thing that I'll probably get bogged down on I, I should mention that representative Sherry Darcy Walker, is trying to introduce legislation that would basically ban this practice, you know, up and down the state. Now, a- again, I'm sure people are going to jump in and make the argument that um, that Paul just described about this home rule idea. This is what Pete Schwartzkopf got tied into knots about. Um, but it, but that is going to be something that's going to be argued, you know, in sessions going forward. Now, the House had voted it down. Two or three times, I feel like. One, at least once, maybe twice. Or or, or or it just didn't get... It got pulled off an agenda and then put yeah, back was, on. Yeah, it was like twice. It, it was about to come up
1: for a vote, and then they just skipped right over it and pulled it without without saying anything and then
0: brought it back, and then that's when it got voted on the first time and voted down. Right, and then it got voted on the second time. So as far as I'm concerned, as a, as a sort of a... As, an, as a, a spectator of this... What I what I see, and and I've talked to other people who you know are affiliate, you know, just to do similar work that I do, and they're not in it deep, but what it looks like, you know the the Republican House Caucus has a ideological reason for wanting this passed. We just talked about it. The old led the old leadership. Um, shares that ideology. I think it's fair to say. But be, but because of the current makeup of the house and because of the national news coverage, let's be honest, um there was a there was not any kind of like real enthusiasm to do this. The leadership then was so that there, there was these long caucus meetings, couple days of like chicanery, Leadership changes. I'm not going to talk about that right now, other than to say that nothing really happened. The leadership changed. The GOP was not going to vote on the bond bill to fund the state for the year, because it needs an extra, you know, it, it needs two-thirds, I think, or some extra uh, percentage to pass, and unless the House passed this Seaford LLC voting bill. And they walked out and Mike Ramon made a big um, made a big scene about it and the House capitulated. And they said, okay, we're gonna vote this new gonna, it's a new day. You know, we got this new leadership, and we're going to, in the name of passing the bond bill, which is like funding for everybody, we're gonna just do this vote and pass this LLC bill. So it passed, you know, overwhelmingly. I think there was only like six six votes against it or something. And then the bond bill passed. Now, again, this is not going to pass the Senate. Well, it, it didn't even it wasn't it wasn't passed in time to even be considered in the Senate. I don't see based on the makeup of the Senate this going where anywhere in the Senate. So it was sort of like a you know, to show everybody that we're gonna do it. Well, basically to show that the that the House Republicans can own the House Democrats. That's what this was about. Um, to once again uh, basically just stick it in their face. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. Because the, 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 the fact of it is, like, here's what I'll say. Just so everybody can kind of, like, maybe you can comment on it, just looking at it from the outside. I, my, my feeling was that the House Republicans backed themselves into a pretty steep corner. Uh, they were going to die on the hill of we're not going to fund the state because we think taxes are theft or whatever they were going to say uh, because we want corporations and trusts who don't pay any to be able to vote in this little town in Sussex. To me, if you're, if you're willing to risk something, you know, if you got a little, if you got a little fight in you, you say, ah wow, we got them. We got these motherfuckers. We'll back them right into a corner. And, you know, if the state doesn't get funded, we pin it right on them, you know. And, you know, we ride or die. We have – I mean, this is this seemed pretty – you know, it wasn't like – it wasn't really a close call. It was like – it wasn't like we want something tangible that people can understand. These people are holding up funding for the state so that the guy who owns the the McDonald's franchise – on, in seaford on 13 can vote in the election like if you're not prepared to go down to go to the mat for that I question what you're gonna what what you know what kind of what your what your risk tolerance is I question what you're gonna go for you know what I mean and so that's my that's sort of my take on but that's really what happened is that um there was a sort of a a trick that the House Republicans did that said well, they won't fund the state government. They won't fund the state through the bond bill unless there was action on this. And and again, Schwarzkopf, the the ex-speaker, the speaker at the time, you know, is, is he's he's somebody who, you know, he's very sympathetic to that. So it just couldn't get done. It was a huge mess.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've been hearing is that he, you know, it, that it, this is something that, you know, more or less he was not opposed to at the very least. Um, And it it seems like there was more stiff opposition to representative Dorsey Walker's bill, because that didn't even get a house hearing. Um, You know, I I think that was introduced in may. So I'm not sure if it would have gotten one anyway, but um, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, that I think is, it, it, there, there is a very good argument for going to the mat on that. Um, You know, it's, We've seen it in in a bunch of state legislatures over the past couple of years. I mean, especially in places like Minnesota and Michigan, where Democrats are just back in in power for the first time in over a decade, and they're passing all this stuff on party line, uh, party line votes. And obviously, the Delaware legislature works in in <laughs> mysterious ways, where like everything that is budget related needs like two thirds votes. Um, And the Senate just didn't, they don't have the same sort of leverage that they do in the Senate because they don't have, you know, even a third of the Senate seats. I think it's like something like 15 to six um, in terms of the majority there. So I I, I think the fact that this also came up last minute, I think maybe some of the, you know, more progressive Democrats that voted for it might have gotten spooked by, you know, the budget deadline. But I think it's also going to be a, Uh, I I think this whole situation has been a learning experience for everybody involved. And I think that like, you know, going forward and looking forward to what happens in January when they come back into session and depending on what happens with the bill in the Senate, you know, going forward in, in, in the coming years, you know, if the makeup of the house looks different or the makeup of the Senate looks different, what's going to happen if they bring this bill back up. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's that, that is, that, that, I think that is a good point. I mean, there, there is, a world where that you could conceivably go, go to bat for this. And then, you know, the cover, like what, what is the argument for this? You know, there's a town of 8,000 people where the elections are already not very democratic because they're held in the first, like the first week of April in every off year. And like, you're, you're really going to hold up, you know, not only bond funding, but like uh, aid to nonprofits and stuff like that over over this over the right of like you said like you know the guy who owns mcdonald's uh, in Seaford for vote, even if he lives in lewis or something i mean it's it, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable i i think you know maybe the timing of it i think that also probably had a, a lot to do with it you know the fact that this all came up at the very end of the session um you know I, I i mentioned it earlier but the fact that republicans have less power than they've really ever had in delaware um at least you know in my lifetime um i think that also you know they're they they feel like they don't have much to lose either so they're they're going to try to to ram this through if they can and you know maybe they knew that the senate was not going to pass this and so they but they were just trying to i mean maybe they were just
0: willing to do it i don't know i don't really know what their their reasoning was well i can tell you that i've had uh some some like one-on-one conversations with uh house members and an, another House member has sent a, a, a lo- very long email, Eric Morrison, about you know why he well, what happened, and and again it, it's it's the same. And and I'll say you know people are very upset that you know some members who are affiliated with Working Families Party uh, voted yes to, to 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 do this thing we're talking about, and I, I'm I feel the same way. I think it's bullshit uh, for the reasons that I already said. But the but the 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 excuse and the explanation is that, you know, governing is hard. It's a fucking cliche. Um, you know, we had to pass the bond bill. And then, as you said, it was not going to pass the House. It wasn't going to become law. Um, you know, whether Representative Darcy Walker's bill gets a fair hearing in the next fucking decade, who knows? Yeah. I mean, if I had to put money on it as a, as a lifelong Delawarean who's sort of more or less followed this stuff my whole life, closer, you know, maybe not as close. I, I would bet a hundred dollars that it that it doesn't I mean maybe it gets a hearing but it doesn't doesn't go anywhere for a decade. Um so, you know that that's the explanation. But again, as you said, the the the, the risk is that number one, the corporate Democrats like the Pete Schwartz calls, and the Val Longhurst, the new speaker. Let's be very fucking clear about it. And 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 Mimi Brown, the new fucking majority leader. Let's be very clear about it. They don't care about this stuff that much, really. They'll do the same stuff. And so as long as the as as long as you need two thirds to get the bond bill, the funding out, and you are and you already and so you need some Republicans and you already have some some Democrats who are you know just corporate friendly, go along get along, then you know you're gonna ha- you're gonna run into this problem every session, and the bond bill could be held up for any, any manner of horseshit. And so until you draw a fucking line in the sand, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get owned every June 30th. Every June 30th, you're going to get fucking owned. Uh, and it just seemed to me like, number one, it's better to draw the line earlier than later. Number two, it's better to draw the line when it's so fucking obvious. They want the guy you know, who owns the strip mall or who who owns your apartment building to be able to vote. And it's not right. And so why not draw the line now? Because this bond bill, holding up the bond bill, that's something that they can they can probably do every session. If they want. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the exact numbers are in the house, but again, I don't think it matters because there are enough house uh Democrats who will sort of go along with it at this point that that bond bill sort of hostage situation, which is what Medina called it in the news journal, a hostage situation. Um, you know that's going to continue unless somebody wants to wants to step up. Yeah, I mean,
1: it, 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 uh, there's definitely a world in which that does continue. I, I would say, just from the the conversations that I was having in, in the weeks uh, leading up to this this vote, uh, you know, there were people. I, I think there was just sort of a, a reluctance to think that this was real and that it would actually get a vote that it could actually pass the house. And so the timeline getting accelerated so much at the very end of the session, like yeah. after they had already pulled it off the agenda twice because they knew that they didn't have the votes at the time. Um, and then the vote failing. I mean, I think that that this, this situation or the the circumstances around this are probably not going to happen again. I mean, they're going to know this is a possibility. If they're trying to move a, a bill to give LLC's voting rights in Seaford or any other town, um, you know, this is something that people are paying attention to. Now this has already gotten around to national coverage. I mean, who knows if they'll react differently. Maybe, maybe this does happen again, but I think there's, there's definitely more of a, uh, like a, a recognition that this is, this is something that can actually happen. This actually did pass the house. And this is, more. This is more common than anybody thought. You know, more than a couple of months ago. Uh, you know that that there's a bunch of towns that already do this. I mean, to your point about about Representative Dorsey Walker's bill. I mean, I think that that you know it, it would be good to see that get a get a, a fair hearing. But yeah, I mean, things things move very slowly in Delaware. I mean, they move very slowly in a lot of places, but Delaware particularly. And you know, I, I think there's already starting to be a little bit of uh, opposition coming. To that bill, um, and I think there's going to be you know, Seaford's going to probably rally around that, and then all, you know, a bunch of other towns that already have this are probably going to weigh in as well. I mean, you know, they they want a, a certain degree of autonomy, and and you know, maybe that this helps the people who are already elected in those towns. You know, maybe it helps the people who are well, it definitely helps the people who are elected in Seaford right now, but um, you know, I think the circumstances are going to be different next time because I think it's this wasn't entirely unexpected but I, I don't think anybody I think I think a lot of people did not expect this to go as far as it did um and you know the fact that it, it ran up against like the day before the the deadline for the budget I mean I, I think that also like I said it, it plays it plays a big role in that but you know I whether they they respond differently next time and then do do draw a line in the sand and like You're, you can't do this anymore I mean who knows what's going to happen you know next year and the year before or the year after.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—there's a lesson to be learned, and potentially, hopefully, people haven't learned it. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, Delaware is—because is it's that part-time session ends on June 30th routine, June 30th traditionally is a, a fiasco. You know, it's like a mayhem for, you know, any number of reasons, any number of legislative reasons. So the idea that that happened, I, I actually wasn't that surprised by because there's been other— Sort of end of session, you know, take it down to the wire, you know, see what you can do, kind of things. Not, not quite like this, you know. I, like you said, the details change, but that does happen. So I wasn't too, you know, to, but I, I think the the one thing I want to close with, and and you mentioned this in sort of in passing, but uh, I want to talk about it a little before we before we end. Seaford is a good example of this because they're doing it, but this is a piece of a larger sort of reactionary move to, consul- to, to move power into, you know, landowners, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's what we used to call it, you know, 200, 250 years ago. Um, and the thing about Seaford is, as you said, Paul, they've, they've proposed some local um, abortion uh, laws and code about fetal remains that had to be overturned or, or at least blocked by the Department of Justice in Delaware. Um, I know that our friends in the environmental movement uh, are talking about you know like biogas plants that are near there and and things of that nature that they're trying to develop you know and it's it's a lot easier to develop when just like in Wilmington when you get you know friendly people um, who are developers who are now the mayor and city council and everybody else you get that kind of development and so people need to look at it uh, from a from a I think a, a broader Picture, and I'm glad that you brought that up and made that part of the story as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think this is just part of a, a bigger national story right now over lo- local control. I mean, there's going to be like the country's polarizing, and and there are very few divided legislatures. I think Pennsylvania is the only one that I can name off the top of my head uh, right now. And so you're going to see more and more of these these local, you know, this sort of like nationalization of local policy. Um and you know, like I said before, like in places like Texas and Florida, you know they're these pre these sort of broad preemption laws that are that are taking the ability to make any sort of ordinances around workers rights or or LGBTQ rights or uh, or civil rights more broadly. I mean, that's they're they're trying to put an end to that right now. And I think in a place like Seaford it's it's sort of working the opposite way where they're almost trying to dilute their own, their own pool of voters with, with LLCs uh, in order to maybe make some of these changes a little bit more easy if they, you know, have to put it to a referendum um and, and just give themselves a little bit more power. I mean, if you're an LLC in, in that place and, and the, the, you're voting for somebody who wants you to have the right to vote, I mean, you're going to probably vote for that person. I mean, if you're, even if you're, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just a wild thing to see. And I think. Hopefully, you know, the national attention that this is, has got is just sort of shedding a little bit more light on on this. I mean, it obviously could work the other way where, like, somebody picks this idea up and runs with it in another state, but, I mean, hopefully not. I mean, it, it's just a... Yeah, it, it's just... It, the whole thing has just been a really eye-opening experience for me being somebody from Delaware who lived there for, you know, the majority of my my young life. I mean, it's just... Just, just insane to me. I mean, even knowing and and being from here and knowing the corporate friendly reputation. I mean, giving giving an LLC the right to vote is just a wild, wild thing to to come back to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the the it, it's funny, uh, just a funny coincidence that the issue with the corporation law council's code change had to do with being able to do reverse splits and dilute stockholders. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the you know the regular retail stockholder or the dummy on Robinhood or whatever could get could get forced out of a of of a proxy vote and they could dilute the stock uh, for different financial reasons whatever. <clears throat> it had a lot to do It was a very good – a very good example of this was something that the settlement was being argued in Chancery Court at the same time, the AMC case. If people are familiar with the AMC meme stock, we talked to Chancery Daily about it on the show. If you can go back and listen to it. But this Seaford thing is the same thing. It's it's just dilution. It's just taking the regular person's say – whether it's a shareholder that has a hundred shares in something, or whether it's just somebody renting an apartment in Seaford because they're an accountant or they're a doctor or whatever or whatever they are, you know, they they're just a regular working person renting an apartment in Seaford. They don't count as they or they they're going to dilute that person's vote by letting you know um, you know the LLC that holds a trust that owns the strip mall there, and that's what it is. It's just diluting the democratic system. That's
1: it. yeah. And I think I, uh, something I didn't really touch on before, but I think it's also important to note is I think a, a part of the reason that this also got a bunch of traction is because this is a Democratic controlled state. The Democrats control everything at the state level, uh, the House, the Senate, and the fact that, you know, they're at, at the same time that this there's a sort of national like constraint on rights from the Supreme Court and and red state governors and and red state legislatures and stuff like that. I think it really did resonate with a lot of people to look at this democratic controlled state sort of advancing this legislation in at least one chamber for no other good reason than like, this is the way that we've always done things. And I think that that really just, just really hit with a lot of people in Delaware and outside of Delaware. And I think maybe that's, that's something that's going to head off, you know, maybe this from happening in the future, who knows at this point, but I mean, one can only hope that uh, that we don't see, like, an expansion of this anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that you hit on something, and I know I don't have to tell you, you know, give you this lesson, but the idea of, like, Delaware being a blue state or being, um, you know, being a, you know, a bastion of, of Yankee values, uh, it is not. Um, yeah. You know, and it's funny because anybody can just point to, you know, Chris Coons or point to the president of the United States. Look at look at his history, you know. Look at look at look, look at the issues that he was um, sort of uh, you know part of building up the banking industry and the and the bankruptcy bill and the crime bill and and Coons you know uh, you know a, a neoliberal sort of uh, empire foreign policy uh, in in South America and in, in in Asia. So yeah, this I people, you know that's the one thing that always burns me up. People are like oh you got a blue state, it's so good. I'm like it's not it's not like that. You know, it's not, you know, we're not talking about, you know, Minnesota gets a one vote, you know, majority in the legislature and they go, they go buck wild, you know, and and we got, you know, I feel like that scene in the, you know, the Minnesota legislature is like a Jenko, like the, the consigliere that the pop had, you know, if I had a Sicilian, a wartime consigliere, I wouldn't be in this mess. Uh, But we have, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean we we don't we don't have we don't have fighters. We don't have we have uh people who you know, we, 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 we that's not the way we're we're not that's not the way we're set up, you know. And, and Yeah, I, I
1: think and, that the I think that that that's an important point. I mean, there's a I I, I, I see this I mean, obviously Delaware is a, a good example of this because it, it does have the reputation as a corporate friendly state, but I see people that I know in Massachusetts constantly complaining about the legislature there and I think having power and consolidating power and having it for a long time just really makes you rest on your laurels. I mean, like it, it, I I think the fact that Minnesota, I mean, looking at Minnesota particularly as a state where they've always had it, or they've had a democratic governor for years at this point. um, I think the, the state house was democratic and they were just being held up by the state Senate. And there was just a log jam of legislation that they just like, they saw an opportunity and they ran with it. And maybe, I mean, I I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, in, in five or ten years in Delaware. But, you know, I think there's an important lesson in states like Pennsylvania and Ohio that, like, this doesn't always last forever. I mean, you can, the GOP can come back at any point. I mean, you know, who knows how long that's going to take. But, you know, it's it, while you have these, this opportunity, I mean, I, I think it, it, there's a good argument for using it.
0: Yeah, and that's why I was so concerned with um, the way that this particular issue was handled. But again, lessons learned. Um, Paul, I know you got a hard stop, man. I, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, I appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, yeah, you're always invited back. You're a you're a you're a veteran of the studio. Uh, I would uh, if you're ever uh, back here for a holiday or uh, a trip to see the folks or whatever. Hey, look us up. You know, you're always uh you're always welcome back here in the in the bunker studio awesome
1: yeah thanks so much for having me again i appreciate it
0: yep uh we'll talk to you soon everybody uh we do have a big we'll we'll talk about these issues uh in even more detail across the legislative session very soon i have an exciting guest i'm working on to to do that with you all but i'm going to keep that to myself right now um yeah patreon.com slash the highlands bunker at highlands bunker on twitter and left is best